Welcome to the Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams, and I want to thank you once again for joining us on the broadcast. Or if it's your first time, I thank you as well. Now, I got to warn you, you need to strap yourself in. As promised from yesterday's message, we're taking it up a couple more notches to encourage and challenge us as Christ's disciples that we're not proclaiming to be his disciples while discounting and or minimizing the truth of his word. This is far too common in today's churches. So my prayer is that we are not just challenging individual followers of Christ, but church leaders and churches themselves to consider where they are in light of God's word. Yesterday, we talked about an all too prevalent occurrence in our churches discussing the worship of the work and how we are constantly striving to do more for Christ. I got air quotes going for listeners. If you're watching the video, you'll see that without actually following the priority of his commands in getting to know and love him with all we are, and then allowing him to do the work in and through us and produce his fruit that we simply bear so others can partake. If you missed yesterday's message or any others, you can go to loveandlordship.com, loveandlordship.com. That's our website. You'll find our book there. You'll find uh, videos and podcasts and articles, these from the Authority of Love and many others. And I hope that you'll avail yourself of those and share them with others if they have an impact on you or you know they might encourage or challenge someone else in their walk with the Lord. You can let me know what you think at loveandlordship at gmail.com. Love and A-N-D again, loveandlordship at gmail.com. Thank you for those who have sent questions or uh, comments, uh, even those who disagreed. I thank you for that. That's a, that's a great challenge for me, and I hope it is for you as well. So reach out to me at loveandlordship.com. I'd love to, to dialogue with you on this. Now, I mentioned at the close of yesterday's episode, and again in, in the intro for today's message, we're diving in deeper into what it means to be Christ's disciples rather than claiming that we are while getting caught up in the shows of things and or doing it our way rather than allowing him to have his way in and through us. Jesus' own disciples struggled with this and he was gracious and patient with them so much so that they eventually turned the world right side up or upside down as the text reads in Acts 17.6. So I pray that we are willing to hear some of the hard truths that we ourselves may struggle with and allow the Lord's grace and patience to shape us into his image and we can do the same. Turn the world upside down or right side up. What was the issue or problem that Jesus' hand-picked disciples struggled with? It was their own importance and what they had accomplished rather than simply the assurance that they were his. Chambers calls this, in the title of our message today, The Warning Against Wantoning. W-A-N-T-O-N-I-N-G. The Warning Against Wantoning. Now, if you're following along at myoutmust.org or in the devotional booklet itself, we're on April the 24th. First of all, wantoning is not a common word in today's vernacular, so let's clarify and then we'll set the stage. Wantoning simply means giving way to our own desires or pleasures. Now that, that oftentimes means food or sexual pleasure or things like that, but it's in everything. We can do it in any way. So that's the word. Now the stage. 
the disciples had been sent out by Jesus with his authority and power. And of course, in his authority and power, many incredible things had happened. After all, it was Jesus and his power and authority, right? However, just as is so often the case today, the disciples in their natural fleshly desires and ours today, they, 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 how they wanted to see the outcomes, they were excited about what they had done, even to the point of commanding evil spirits, and they had to obey them. It wasn't actually them. It was the authority of Jesus. But you see how we get off track, right? Of course that would be exciting and likely get the focus on the work and the results, not only because they were amazing, but because that's what our flesh does and why Jesus reminded them graciously and patiently and us today as to where our focus must remain. He warned them against the wanting or giving in to what their flesh would like to see and the results and getting all caught up in that and celebrating that. Today's text gives us part of Jesus' response to their very successful but immature and selfish desires and takes on the whole thing. Here's what Jesus said to them when they came back and said, wow, even the spirits submit to us. In Luke 10, 20, Jesus says, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. What? Wow. As often happened, Jesus knew how to throw cold water on what seemed to be a wonderful reason for celebrating, or we could say he sure did rain on the apostles' parade or parades, as it happened often. He would have had a very difficult time maintaining a pastorship or ministry in many of today's churches, Jesus that is, as he was either too negative or too much of a killjoy. Well, why would he do this? Well, just as with everything, when it came to Jesus, he knew that the issue or issues were much more than just the outcomes and responses. He knew right from the start with his first public message, the Sermon on the Mount, that everything was much deeper than what we could see. It was a matter of the heart and the disciples and our focus had to be on the deeper issues that mattered rather than simply on the outcomes and our celebrating them. Doesn't mean we can't but we've got to keep the focus in the right place. Doesn't mean that there wasn't a place and a time for celebration, but that celebration must come from our hearts that are true and that are truly focused on what is most important. That's the point that Jesus is making here. This is where we pick up the message in my utmost for his highest today with Jesus exhorting his disciples in the right direction. Don't rejoice because spirits obey you. Chambers begins, as Christian workers, worldliness is not our snare. Sin is not our snare. They, they have their own problems, but spiritual wanting is what we want out of this. In other words, taking the pattern and the print of the religious age we live in, making eyes at spiritual success. <laughs> Anyone doubt that this is far too much to focus in many of our churches today? Never court anything other than the approval of God. Go without the camp bearing his reproach. They don't like what you have to say, so be it. Okay? 
Jesus told the disciples, don't rejoice in successful service. And yet this seems to be the one thing in which most of us do rejoice. I got to say that again and pray that it sinks in for all of us. Jesus told the disciples, don't rejoice in your, and I'm going to add some things here, your bigger buildings, your more numbers, your greater offerings. Not that those are bad. He didn't say quit it. He said, just don't put your focus there and don't rejoice in that. And yet that seems to be the one thing or things in which most of us do rejoice. We have the commercial view, the attraction view. So many souls saved and sanctified. Thank God, now it is all right. Our work begins where God's grace has laid the foundation. We are not to save souls, but to disciple them. And let me tell you something, that is very lacking in most of today's churches. They talk about discipleship, but it rarely is in line with God's word. It's more in line with what the church has decided. Attend, give, and serve. You're a good disciple then. It's very lacking in most of today's churches because most pastors and leaders know this is where the rubber meets the road, and many will turn their back just as they did with Jesus and check out John 6.66, and they no longer followed him. Salvation and sanctification are the work of God's sovereign grace. Our work as his disciples is to disciple lives until they are wholly yielded to God, completely surrendered to him. One life wholly devoted to God is of more value to God than a hundred lives simply awakened by his spirit. As workers for God, we must reproduce our own kind spiritually, and that will be God's witness to us as workers. God brings us to a standard of life by His grace, and we are responsible for reproducing that standard in others. That's where most of the churches go off the rails. This is most often slow, patient, deliberate work of discipline discipleship for which we have little, if any, affinity. But it must change because this is what we are called to. Chambers concludes, unless the worker lives a life hidden with Christ in God, there's that intimate loving relationship again, he is apt to become an irritating dictator, dictator instead of an indwelling disciple. Many of us are dictators. We dictate, and churches here as well, we dictate to people and to meetings. Jesus never dictates to us in that way. Whenever our Lord talked about discipleship, he always prefaced it with an if, never with an emphatic assertion, you must. Discipleship carries an option with it. Now, let me give you some food for thought on this, because I've said many times, there's only one book that I agree with everything on, and that's the Bible. While I love, I didn't say like, but I love this message, I must address this closing thought as one that I disagree with to some degree. Jesus may have prefaced it with an if when it comes to discipleship, but I don't think that represents any more of an option than salvation itself. The totality of Scripture does not leave room for salvation apart from discipleship in loving relationship with Him. That's what he saved you for. Perhaps the best example is found in Jesus' loving interaction with the rich young ruler in Mark 10, 17 through 22. Look at the young man's question, a question of salvation. 
And then after all is said and done, look at Jesus' loving discipleship answer. A salvation question Jesus himself gives with a discipleship answer. And I think that's got to be true of every question and answer when it comes to salvation and discipleship. Here's our love in action. Spend time with God in his word, prayer, and listening every day. Begin with the scriptures in this message if you don't know where to start. Number two, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. Number three, give some thought and study as to what you and is applicable your church tend to place the emphasis on when it comes to what is expected of you and your walk with Christ. Number three, after you've done that, what can you do and encourage and help your church to do when it comes to placing the emphasis where Jesus did? Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. You have an intimate, loving relationship with him. That has to be the most important. The, the service, the giving, the attending will all be an overflow of that, but that it can never precede that or take priority over it. Don't miss tomorrow's Wednesday for Women with co-host Adia Wushner. We will be discussing some follow-up to the Kentucky General Assembly and going even deeper on foundational issue, issues that we must continue to address in our culture and churches. Join us and invite your family, friends, loved ones, and as I always say, even enemies, if they're willing to hear, so they can know more of this gospel of salvation, sanctification, and discipleship in Christ. Once again, you can find out more at loveandlordship.com. Get our book there, the icon in the middle. Click on that. You'll find ways that you can order it. Love to know what you think. Contact me at loveandlordship at gmail.com. That's loveandlordship at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day in the love and lordship of Jesus Christ. Stay tuned at 1245 for my good friend Greg Horn. And hope is here. I'm Greg Williams, and you're listening to The Authority of Love.